Good afternoon and welcome to the Double or Nothing podcast, hosted by myself, Clark Cummings, alongside my partner, Alex Russian, in collaboration with DraftKings, the best place to play daily fantasy sports for cash prizes. Today is October 12th, feels like later in the year, but it is October 12th. Myself coming off of a uh, depressing weekend with the Yankees losing and, uh, you know, NFL having some issues with COVID, but Alex, how are you doing? And I'm sitting here watching the Dodgers-Braves game, but it's just not the same when when your favorite team isn't in the in the run anymore. Yeah, that must be kind of sh- Um... How, just talk to me about that. I wanna, I wanna hear, I wanna hear your pain right now. I know a lot of angry Yankees fans. So when Garrett, when they signed Garrett Cole, I immediately went to Bavada and I put a hundred dollar bet for the Lakers to win at plus five hundred. And so that didn't cash. I had a hundred dollars on the series price that didn't cash, and then I had thirty dollars in the game. Meanwhile, the storyline of you know. Yankees raised both teams. They don't like each other. You know, there was some just bullshit that went on with supposedly Chapman hitting the guy that ended up hitting a f-ing home run. So the storyline to me just hurt me more, and I just turned off the TV right after uh, the second out in the ninth inning because I know I knew it was over. So uh, the Yankees just to bed, and for this same thing to happen two years in a row, it's uh, it's it's like breaking up with the with the girl, you know. It, what do you think? Not. Do you think? Do you think Mr. Boone has to go? No, I think he'll stay. He's got one more year left on his option. I think he'll stay. They need to sign Lemayhu again, and hopefully get another like pitching because um, another pitcher because they they might lose their uh, number two and number three guy. But they got some young guns coming up. It's just a matter of executing in the postseason. And then you know what I really thought about at the end was like, you know. Do you really want to win a title during this time period? And then two nights later, you know, our guy LeBron comes through and wins with a title. So a title's a title. And, uh, but, you know, for Yankee fans, you definitely want to see that place rocking. You want to see the Bronx going crazy. But, uh, you know, this would be a fun year to win it, but we didn't. And we'll have to uh, hopefully do something next year. But, Alex, actually, I'm making my way towards Philadelphia tomorrow. And I think if all goes well, I'm going to put a $500 wager on the Dodgers to win the World Series. Holy sh**. That's a scary bet, dude. They're so – they always come close and then they choke. I, I mean, I don't know what to say. I'm not, I'm not a Dodgers guy, though. I mean, I'm in L.A., but – and I'll claim Lakers, but I got to go. I got to go with SD, my roots. I'm from San Diego, so I was definitely rooting for the Padres. Um, we haven't been good in so long – think they haven't made the playoffs in like 14 years or something crazy so I think it looked promising I'm I'm kind of bummed uh that they that they went out to the to the Dodgers but I think I mean I guess as a consolation like hopefully the Dodgers can win it just like it's always better to lose to the team that wins it I feel like I mean the Dodgers have come so close so many times Kershaw kind of wrapping up his career it's only fitting for him to win a ring they got Mookie Betts. They got the offense. They got the pitching. I think the only question mark they have with last series with the Padres was, can the bullpen hold up and can they be effective? You know, Walker Buehler's pitching well right now, but uh, I just I don't see the Braves being. I mean, even though they're up one zero right now, I don't see the Braves getting past the Dodgers. And damn, it's really weird to see fans in the stadium here. 
uh, there's fans in in Texas right now. That's that's crazy. That's good to see. Uh, it is out, good. It's uh, it's very nice to see. But yeah, I mean, I think the Dodgers win it. You know, I don't want the, I hate the Astros and I hate the Rays. So, uh, uh, you know, it'd be a good series to see Dodgers Rays. I don't think the Astros come back from two zero down. But uh, for my money wise and financially, I'd love the Dodgers to win the World Series. What uh, so what are the odds on the bet? See, I looked at it today. It's going to change depending on this game, and maybe the sports book will not have the odds because you know they're in the middle of the series. But hopefully, you know they do, and you know I could put down five hundred dollars. But um, it was plus one twenty for the World Series going into today's game. So if yeah. they win tonight, maybe plus one ten. If they lose tonight, plus one thirty. I don't know. That could be nice. That's a good little payday. Plus money is plus money. Plus money is plus money. That's all I, you know, that's, that would be a, you know, so if I put 500 down, I'd win, what, five, almost 550, maybe 520. Hey, we like that. That's big time. Can do a lot of. But I'm afraid that would turn me into like a huge, just a degenerate. That would take me up a level, you know? Imagine if you lose a $500 bet, how depressing your life is for a week. Your life is so depressing for a week, but I don't know. I just like, I think it balances it. Like the way that I would like go into betting would be with a mindset of just, uh, and it's what I do in Vegas. Cause I, I am allowed to like gamble in like Vegas and stuff like that and play like blackjack at a casino. The way like I go in there knowing that I'm going to lose $200, whether I do or don't, I just accept the fact that I'm going to lose 200. See, that, before that's I my do problem. It. You know what that's I'm saying? My problem. I'm going to go in, I'm going to go in here and be like, all right, I just got $500 richer because I'll come back and I'll collect a thousand dollars. So I'll, I'll go in there. I'll drop the 500 down and I'll say, okay, I just lost 500 and I'll forget about that for a week. And then when they win, hopefully knocking on wood, Two weeks later, or a week and a half later, I'll go in there and be like, holy shit, I just made $1,000. But no, I didn't make $1,000. I made $500. But, you know, uh, I guess, you know, there's two different ways to look at it. And I'm looking at it the more degenerate ways, which is probably why I have a gambling problem with this. Yeah, I mean, who knows? I don't know. I don't think it's a bad thing, though, because you're just playing – You're right now you're playing – I don't know. You're playing in sums that aren't crazy. You know what I mean? We're making a $50 bet, a $60 bet, something like that. But yeah, once you get into that 500 realm, it's a little different. I feel like it's just, it does make it so much more fun. I mean, and I guess if like you end up even most of the time anyway, I don't really think it matters. I just think it gets the adrenaline pumping like a little bit more because your good days are going to be way, way, way better than normal. And then your days are going to be super bad. Yeah. It just depends, but I mean that's what you accept. But it makes it it makes it fun. Just like try and like maybe hold on to it. Like if you win, then you just got to uh, you just got to pocket that, and that's how I you got to do. Would, it. You yeah, can't go reinvest to, it and. I like, might hedge too. I would hedge possibly, but but hedging is for. I mean I can't say the word, but uh, I just think hedging would not be fun. You know, hedging something is bullshit. I hate people that hedge. But in this situation, I could possibly hedge it. No, I couldn't hedge it. It wouldn't be effective. You know what you need? You just needed to be at the end of the... You needed to be at the end of the week. When's your payout? Is it Tuesday? It's tomorrow. But no, I'm going to go do this. Is this a separate thing? This isn't on the book? This is a separate thing. This isn't on the book. Oh, fuck. I mean, to tell our listeners, I got gypped out of $350 about four weeks ago because my boys in Michigan... 
uh, I'll call out Chris Rainey and his friends, did, decided not to pay me because I was up $800 for like four or five weeks. I was just killing them. And then at the end, they made they cut my account, made it inactive. And <laughs> I mean, I'm like, I've texted the guy about a hundred times, no response, no response, That's no response. That's so f***ed up. You got to so get a better I, book, bro. Yeah. No, so then I jumped books and now I'm on a, you know, a Hampton, Sydney guy who, a uh, good friend of mine, uh, his friend's book. So uh, this one's awesome, you know, very good customer service and, and good communication. So I like this one better, but, you know, no bookie wants to accept a $500 bet, I don't think. You know, a college bookie, he doesn't want to, you know, have his whatever, $500, $500 bet on the Dodgers that plus money. And to go to a sports book and have that, experience of walking in now and getting a ticket and putting down $500. I think that adds to the experience of possibly winning and then saying in two weeks, Hey shit, I got to go pick up my, uh, my ticket and my money. Oh, of course. I think there's something yeah. very, very just, I don't know, authentic about it all doing it old fashioned and stuff like that. Just enjoying the totality of the experience, even the fuck drive and like how stoked are you going to be? Let's say you do win that drive back to Philly. I mean, that's going to be a fun fucking drive. That's going to be a great drive. It's going to be one of the best driving experiences of my life. I'm going to be smiling and be just made – I'm going to thank $1,000, but I'm going to make you know, $500 to $600. I think that's and it's just – it's going to be – at least you don't have to drive back if you lose. Yeah. I mean I don't have to waste 50 bucks on gas, on a, on a, on a tank of gas. Yeah, that would suck. <laughs> but to, to deposit deposit a nice eleven hundred dollars would be you know would be nice because I have five hundred dollars in cash sitting here from just off campus lessons in Southampton. So that would be a a nice nice interesting day if uh, if I decide to do it tomorrow. I mean, I've thought about it, but I, I mean, I just need to have the courage to give give a, a clerk five hundred dollars and and uh, make it happen. Hey, tee it high and let it fly, baby. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to try. I mean, I don't know if I want the Dodgers. Well, I have a parlay right now with the Dodgers and uh, Saints, but I don't know if I want the Dodgers to win right now because if they lose tonight, it might add to my value. Yeah, that's true. That would be nice. Um, I think it's an interesting, it's a cool dynamic though. Do you think the, do you think the people that you're giving lessons to, you know, do you think the Hampton elites uh, know that they're just funding your uh degenerate gambling habit i mean some might my boss knows i talked to my boss today he goes you know why can't you just do that online i would go say i you know i i say so i'm not gonna say his name and i go well you know it adds the value of of going in there and doing the experience and then he goes you can do this online clark are you like what's wrong with you you can do it online i was like yeah i can do it online but I can also look at my bank account next morning and go minus five fifty because you know some of these companies charge you like you know bullshit taxes like that. So to go there and just put five hundred dollars down, it adds to the experience. I don't want to go in there and then look at the next morning and go, okay, I just lost five hundred dollars. You know, I have cash money here. Cash to me is not really in my account, and I can't watch my account falter. No, yeah, cash is king. And then also, I mean, just ask your ask your boss. I mean. You can have a beer. You can have a beer at home. You can order a beer at home. You can even order a meal at home, DoorDash something. Or you can go to a restaurant. You can have it served to you. You can have the waiter pour your water. You can have your food brought to you. You can have the food fresher. Just the overall experience, feeling the ambiance of the place. 
the the communication, the t- all of that, like it just it just plays into it. At the end of the day, it's still a wager, it's still a bet, it's still a beer, but the experience is totally different. Yeah, it's all about the experience and like you know having the balls to go um, to go you know to go do that and getting five hundred dollars to a guy that you don't know and then getting a ticket and not losing the ticket. Now imagine if I lose the ticket. Oh my god, that that sounds and like a the Dodgers nightmare. win. I've been str- I was stressing about that yesterday. I was thinking about you need that. to put that ticket, ticket in your car and just never take it out. Yeah. Just put it somewhere. Put it in a f-ing safe. Put it somewhere where yeah. you will not lose it. Like yeah. that happens to me in parking lots a lot. But I I support you. I'm I'm on that Dodgers train with you. Um, you know, morally, morally and spiritually, I'm I'm supporting. Uh, I'm a Dodgers fan now because of you. I I like. Uh, I don't know. I'm not a big baseball guy at all. I don't really like it very much, but just having the Padres be in play this year got me a little more interesting. And I think that there's some cool like dynamics going on. I I, I think it actually does suck that the Yankees lost. I thought it would have been cool like um, if they got if they got a chip and stuff and Aaron Boone and everything like that. That storyline would be cool. I think the Astros. If the Astros win, it's an interesting dynamic because um, then it's like all right now that cheating you can't really put that. Uh, you can't really you can't really say that anymore. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know what you mean. Um, so um, that would be an interesting thing. So if they do lose, I mean, if they do lose now, it's like, all right, that's an official asterisk. Like, you got to call it an asterisk. Yeah. But if they don't, yeah. I mean, then nobody can say shit because, like, all right, we were good enough anyway. We didn't even need to cheat. That's that would be very interesting. Yeah. No, it would be interesting. I just, I mean. I just don't see how the Dodgers don't win this. This is perfectly – this is set up for them. This is like the Lakers with the Clippers losing. You know, the other big super dog, the Yankees, loses. You know, the Yankees are the other super uh, – we're the other favorites to win. Now you have the Rays, Astros. Rays are a little beat up with their bullpen. I don't see how, you know – I mean, I don't know. I mean, the Rays could keep going. I just don't think their offense matches up to the Dodgers. But, I mean – We'll see what happens tomorrow. I, mean, I don't even it'll know. It'll be something exciting to watch. If Two I do championships this. in LA, though. I mean, it would it would make Magic Johnson very, very, very happy. He would have some good tweet, good uh, good tweets. He has both his franchises winning the same the same year, winning the chip. The only thing that's so shitty is like, dude, like last night was a Sunday, and I mean. Hopefully my coaches aren't listening to this podcast, but it. for the sake of our viewers, you know, I always keep it 100. I, I did not do any homework last night on Sunday. Sunday is my get your life together day because I don't touch a book. I do not pick up a book starting on Friday afternoon until about 1 p.m. on Sunday when I typically wake up. Friday and Saturday are for uh, if we have practice or for they're for practice on Saturday, but then they're for fun. As soon as that, uh, as soon as that last practice on Friday ends, we're hooking, we're hooking die in the air. But in this case, so I didn't have my Sunday because I want to watch that Laker game and I could not focus on school. So there was no work business popped yesterday, no Addy consumed, just purely tequila and uh, and adrenaline and testosterone was going through the room. I watched the fuck out of that Laker game. And I was so sad because they won and people still went to Staples Center, like downtown LA. But if if it was normal, dude, like the clubs would have been fucking popping. I would have been in the club till like two in the morning. It would have been so much fun. Then we would have gone to an after party at the Hills. Like 
I'm I'm upset. COVID definitely robbed LA of of the championship. I had a dream last night that Gavin Newsom just he alleviated the entire city of LA because the Lakers won. He he made the restrictions a little less, gave everybody a couple days just to celebrate. And imagine what that would have done too, like COVID-wise. Like what if there was like everything was open just for like two days and then there was just no cases, like no spike. That would have been But dude, everyone was everyone was on the street. Everyone was on the street in LA. Everyone I know, but was they've like been doing the that. They've done that in protest too. And numbers, I don't think, really spiked that much anyway. And they're probably wearing masks and shit like that. But I'm talking about if it was just like a slop last night, like just going crazy. It would have been the city would have been on fire, bro. It would have been so much fun. So I'm like really sad about that. But you know, MLB finishes a little later, so maybe we get another shot at that. Um, you know, people wear their masks. Be smart for the next two weeks, three weeks, and then uh, and then we get a fun night or something like that from the Dodgers. That would be just insane for the city. Two chips. Yeah, I know it would be. Um, I, I mean, I'm going to LA. I'm, you know, we're gonna. I think you and I are gonna meet up in in uh, in December, or January. But I've never seen LA, but I can only imagine how crazy a sports town would go if. There, I mean, two major sports teams win a a title in the same year. But the thing is, it's COVID, you know. Dude, there's a good um, chance, honestly, in LA, like, because let's say, where would that game have been if there was no COVID? Would have been in Miami. Fuck. Okay, maybe they would have flown back that night. They probably would have partied in Miami, though, low key. No, but, I think. Yeah, I mean, I would have partied in Miami. F- but Alex, you got to look at it like this. You play one and two in LA. They say they win those two games. You play one and you play one, uh, three and four in Miami. Miami wins one of those. LA has to win one. One. You think those guys are losing on their home floor in black jerseys in Game Five in Los no Angeles? Chance. No, no chance. chance. That's what I was about so to say. They would have. They would have won Game Five. They would have won in Game Five. They would have won Game Five. They almost won Game Five. Yeah. yeah, and and it was on Friday. Like, let me let me just tell you what would happen. I would have gone to Hyde. Hyde is a nightclub. Um, Hyde's a nightclub in LA. Um, I'm really good friends with one of the promoters. Like Hyde, let me just tell you what it's like. It's like so weird. LA, the dynamic is literally like you would have probably seen players at one of the clubs. Like for sure, they probably would have rented a whole private area or something like that. But like, I'll just put it in perspective. Like on multiple nights where I've been to Hyde, like one time it was I was at a table just hanging out with Victor Ortiz, who's like a world champion boxer who famously got like rocked by Floyd Mayweather. Mayweather knocked him out. Um, after like a little headbutt incident, if people remember that. And I was just chilling with him, hanging out with him and with Nick Diaz, who's Nate Diaz's brother, who's like, uh, I mean, a huge UFC fighter. I've seen, I've been to Hyde um, with um, with a tennis player, um, a good tennis player. I'm not going to name his name just in case he wants to remain anonymous. But we ran into Kevin or Caroline Wozniacki there and, uh, and her husband um, when we were there that night. There's models everywhere, like... We saw – oh, and another time LeBron's family came. And I see Magic Johnson's kid there all the time. His son is at Hyde all the f- time, dude. Like we went we went to Hyde and, and hung out with him. And then one time we got our table moved. We had to go to another table because LeBron's cousins and like family were in town. And then you just see like 30 of LeBron's family members at the table that we were at all wearing like – Braun, uh, Braun kicks and stuff like that. It was pretty. It was pretty cool, honestly. Like these people are just always, they're always around. You know what I mean? Like it's just like the scene. Like at, at other places, like I've seen like Nigel Houston, who's like a sick skateboarder. I've seen like 
bunch of rappers and stuff. Like, it's just, like, it would have been so much fun, bro. You know, it would, I mean, you know. I feel wrong. You always think, but see, this is what you got to think about. Would you rather feel the, the accomplishment, satisfied, feel good for LeBron, his teammates, AD, uh, you know, other guys that have won this first time, or would you rather be devastated? You know, so you got to think about it on the bright side. You got to look at, you know, the good side of this. Hey, LeBron just won his fourth ring. He did some really good things in there. They highlighted some issues that they wanted to highlight. Uh, Adam Silver did a hell of a job. Um, maybe Adam Silver should run for president. Because, um, I mean, maybe some people would disagree with me. But uh, I think what they did in the bubbles, highlighting social injustice issues, police brutality. If you're against them or you're with them, you got to be impressed with what they did. Um, and even if you're in the middle, I know that there's no middle ground in society nowadays, but uh, I think they did a great job. They some of, the, some of the best basketball I've seen, a lot of game sevens, a lot of great stories. Um, so I got to give a bunch of credit to Chris Paul, and especially Adam Silver with what they did. And to see, you know, I mean, it didn't feel the same. No, it did not feel the same. But seeing them celebrate, it was somewhat similar. I just don't think, you know, would we have rather seen, uh, what, 30,000 in L.A. go crazy after they lift up the trophy and roar and barely be able to hear LeBron speak, getting interviewed by Rachel Nichols? Yes, but that's not what happened this year. And we just got to accept that and be grateful that we were watching sports because we had – there is an entertainment value in every day, you know, where we can have this podcast right now and we can talk about sports. You know, there wasn't that for four and a half months. So we got to be – you know, we're spoiled by success and by great stories and by hundred fan I mean, millions of fans going to sporting events – that wasn't that wasn't that couldn't happen this year, so we gotta you know take it with a grain of salt, and hopefully that will be in a good position next year. But we really have to appreciate what was what went on this year. But like you said, yeah, I mean, it's like the world the world's just not ideal right now. Um, so the fact that we even got to finish this season is an amazing accomplishment. The fact that we were lucky enough to even have sports is amazing it's super lucky like we should all be super grateful for that and like yeah you said about adam silver what they were able to accomplish with not even one positive test is nothing short of remarkable i mean it was it 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 really is just remarkable what they did um the way the players all um you know just came together and didn't break any rules and took it seriously um in order to be able to play and make that happen credit to them as well it just shows that they did really want to make this season happen. And what's crazy is, like, people don't know. I think the Lakers and the Clippers were the only two teams that uh, actually voted against playing. And they were going to be like, all right, it's fine. Like, cancel the season. But I just, like, with LeBron's age and everything like that, I'm so happy it didn't happen because, uh, I mean, we take him for granted. He's going to be 36 in a month. Who knows? I mean, he's a he's a cyborg. He's a superhero. Uh, so we think he's going to be able to do it forever. But at some point, uh, Father Time will catch up. So we've got to appreciate it while it's there and uh, be happy that he had this chance uh, because, you know, every year that goes by, it's going to be harder and harder for them to uh, for him to be able to be the best player on a championship team. So it's nice.
I'll take the I'll take the victory over anything. Granted, we didn't get the celebration we want, but at least we got that dub. That's all that really matters at the end of the day. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I'm just a little disappointed that I didn't put a hundred dollars like I did on the Yankees and the Lakers at the start of the year. But you know, that's that's the buyer's remorse or you know the lack of buyer's remorse, I guess. There. Um, so. I, I was a little tired last night. I watched most interviews, but for me, I love watching the game. But I also love hearing players speak. And you know, after this, what, hearing what LeBron has to say, I couldn't gauge it all. So I went on YouTube this morning at like eight or nine a.m. and I I got caught up with um, the interviews and kind of you get to see. I'm a big into story storylines, and you get to see what the storylines that these reporters want to create. And a lot of them are talking about, you know, the issues that LeBron did. Was it different? What was similar about it? I like that question. What was similar about uh, this championship? And he said, you know, the feeling, uh, you know, the, the the struggle, the adversity, you know, having to, you know, win uh, big games and, and kind of, uh, you know, be counted against, basically, you know, same LeBron sh- But when he was talking to Rachel Nichols, he said – there's two things that I really took out of what he said last night. Jeannie Buss wants her damn respect. Rob Polinka wants his his damn damn respect. The Lakers organization wants their damn respect. And I want my damn respect. That, to me, I mean, some great English by LeBron. You know, just repetition and the uh, way he structured his, his words because – that to me said, "Hey, f you to all the voters. Why is Giannis Antetokounmpo? Why did he get MVP? Look at me. I'm 36. You know, secretly he wants to win more NBA championships than, than MJ. And you know, I mean, he's more of a team-minded guy. But there's a selfish, there's a selfish spot in his head somewhere that he wants to be considered one of the greatest of all time. You're silly if you don't think he think, considers that. But what he said there was really, really powerful. And basically, you know, guys, look at me. Look how long I've been doing this. You can't give me the MVP. And the MVP for, for basketball, baseball, hockey, all that shit. Hockey does a really good job of it, actually. Is it the most – is it the best player in the world – or is it the most valuable player on that team? They need to consider that, and they need to do two awards. Best player in the league or most valuable player. Most valuable player, who was the most valuable player on the team this year? Would the Lakers have gone to the playoffs with Anthony Davis and the LeBron? We don't know. Would the Bucks have gone to the Eastern Conference with uh, without Giannis? What would they have done in the Eastern Conference? You know, we don't really know. So, would the Heat? What, what would the Heat have done without Jimmy Butler? It's just a bunch of questions. That's how I look at the MVP. But I think if you have two awards, that would be interesting. The hockey does it as like best goaltender, best defender, best rookie, best you know overall. They do a bunch of awards, and uh, I think it's just defensive player, defensive player of the year, and. Uh, Comeback Player of the Year and Most Improved. So there's four awards uh, for, for the NBA. But I wanted to hear what you were going to say on that. 
Okay, so I'll just start on the aspect of the MVP conversation that you just started. With the NBA, the problem is the clarity of it. That's the thing. So you have some years where it's like the dude that wins it is the guy who had the best stats. Some years you have the guy who was the best player in basketball who won it. And then other years you have it where it was like the most valuable to their team. Like the years that Steve Nash won MVP, he won two MVPs. I think Kobe and Shaq both had way better numbers than he did. And I know that Shaq feels very, very strongly that he was, um, you know, one of those awards was stolen uh, from him. The other thing is like the time of when they do it before. Here's the thing. You can't make it a regular season award if you announce who the MVP is like so late into the playoffs after like the first two rounds of the playoffs. Also, it takes away from that moment that the NBA or the MVP gets with his fans, because what happens is uh, every single year uh, prior. uh, I mean, not they've been doing it this way for a couple years now, but before it was like at the end of the year. He got the MVP in his home stadium, and he was able to celebrate and show it off to the fan base. And I think that's very important. But now, and that was at the end of the regular season, so it was all fresh in our heads. But LeBron did enough. He was clearly, stats-wise, he was right there on par with Giannis. But, I mean, that team doesn't go anywhere without LeBron James. Maybe they make it the playoffs as an eight seed or a seven seed with AD. But that's not really the point. It's just more so like... He's just the best player. And that's what's difficult is, like, you can't necessarily give it to the same guy every single year. But there's just, like, I don't know. I think there's discrepancies with it. And they really just need to clarify what this award means. Um, Because Michael Jordan could have probably gotten it every year. LeBron could probably get it every year. But then you have guys like Kobe Bryant who have one MVP. Like, that doesn't really make sense. Shaq has one MVP. That's the same as, like, a dude like Allen Iverson, like, are you telling me, and I love AI, he's my favorite basketball player ever, but are you telling me that Kobe Bryant was only the best player in the league one time in his career? Like, that's that's definitely not true. Um, so you just really, really need to, like, maybe award it earlier or take the playoffs into consideration if you're going to uh, award it that late because the playoffs matters. If you're, if you're the MVP and your team's not playing playoff basketball or gets swept in the first round, then you probably aren't the MVP or shouldn't win that award. So there's, there's that dynamic to it. So maybe take the playoffs into account because that's actually crunch time when it matters the most. If not, maybe make a playoff MVP, um, which would be interesting. You don't want to like dilute the awards by having too many awards, but you should get a clear definition of what some of these things are. Um, I also want to talk about the what you touched on as far as like the racial injustice and everything like that. Like, again, just like they kept it COVID free, not one positive test, and they were able to bring light to all the issues that they wanted to, whether, like you said, you know, whether whatever side you're on, whatever you support being in the middle, like I think every decent human being can agree that something like racism is wrong and it's a problem that should be addressed. So it's good that they were able to uh, still play basketball, but not get the, uh, get the message, uh, you know, take the focus off of that. Um, so I think that's really, really good. And it's also just like an important distraction for all of us to have sports during the COVID time. Maybe not, we don't need to be distracted from issues going on in the country because that's at the forefront of everything. But as far as like coronavirus and the isolation that we face and being away from human interaction, sports is just such a thing that unites us all. So I thought that was beautiful. And as far as that LeBron comment about respect, it's a narrative, dude. Like, I love the storylines, and that's what I want to address, too, is just, like, when LeBron James went to the Lakers, there was people out here saying 
like pundits like Skip Bayless, people were literally saying that he was never going to win a championship with the Lakers, that this was stupid, that he was wanting to retire, and he just came to Hollywood for his connections uh, to boost his uh, – you know, uh, brand and everything like that off the court to make movies. They were criticizing him for doing Space Jam, something that Michael Jordan did while the NBA was going on. And uh, I think LeBron really showed, as he has in the past, that people are more than basketball players, but that doesn't mean that because he's doing something else and uh, involved in other projects, that doesn't mean that basketball isn't his number one uh, priority. So I love that he was able to win a championship for the Lakers. Also, he delivered on all his promises. Like, this for LeBron James was such a big it was such a big championship because it was almost like getting his first ring where he had to get that monkey off his back and then he won and then he had all the pressure because he had to now he had to do something for Cleveland this time he promised Magic Johnson and he promised Jeannie Buss that he was going to deliver a championship to the Lakers and bring them back to the top of the mantle in the NBA like they're supposed to be because they didn't make the playoffs for like seven eight years which is just ridiculous for the Lake Show so I think Jeannie Buss, all the steps that were made, you know, Jeannie Buss replacing Jim Buss, her brother, putting the right people in place, and then LeBron James delivering on his promise to, because he would not be loved in LA if he did not deliver a ring. Like, it would not be good. So I think he did that, and that's outside of the GOAT debate, because I don't know if he's a GOAT. I think probably Michael Jordan is a GOAT. I think LeBron's second best of all time, but just... He delivered on the promise of the championship to Jeannie Buss. He brought the Lakers back to where they were supposed to be. He's the biggest name in the world uh, as an athlete and biggest player in the world as a basketball player. And he's on the biggest franchise in the NBA. And he returned them to glory. And on top of that, Kobe Bryant can now rest peacefully because the Lakers are back where they're supposed to be. On top of the promise to Jeannie Buss, when Kobe Bryant tragically passed away along with uh, his daughter and those other passengers, um, who, you know, our uh, condolences just go, go out to all of them. And it's such a tragic thing that happened. But that brought the team closer together. And he made a promise that we were going to win this for Kobe. And so the fact that he was able to do that, I can't think of a better, better ending than that. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with Kobe. Everything, I didn't think they gave enough. I mean, they were high as hell and they were excited after last night. I don't think they talked about Kobe enough. But, I mean, I also haven't walked through all the interviews. Um, speaking about LeBron, and you go to the first stop when he shifted. So he went to Miami. Miami hadn't win, didn't win a playoff series for four years, something crazy like that. Hadn't won a playoff series for four years. They make it to the NBA Finals the first year. You could, probably LeBron's worst finals collapses, doesn't do doesn't do much against the Mavericks. Year two, they win. He's there for four years. Goes back to Cleveland. Uh, they hadn't made the playoffs in four years. They hadn't made the playoffs in four years. Well, that just shows you the effect. I takes think Miami... Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, no, but, he takes him, but he takes him to the finals in 2015 or whatever it was. I think it was 2015. He takes him to the finals... That's when Kyrie and Kevin, they all get hurt. 2016, wins the finals, comes back 3-1, arguably against the greatest team ever. Boom. Year two, again. Delivered on his promise. Been Cleveland for four years. Boom. Goes back. Goes Now goes to L.A. Doesn't make the playoffs the first year. 
year two, wins the NBA championship. This guy loves the number two. Hey, Alex, I'm going to deliver on my promise. I'm going to get a championship. I, I'm going to put all my blood, sweat, and tears into winning a championship. Boom. Two years. It takes him one year to deliver a promise. One year. Well, after one, he's probably going to fail the first year. Second year, he's going to be successful. One year in what he did in Cleveland, I so I'm not big into ranking trophies and all like that, and each one's special, like they say. But if you look at it, you got to go Cleveland as number one. With what he did, that's a great story. Came back 3 1 against a 73 9. That's one. Number two, I would put this year. I would put this year, and number th- number three, I would put. Um, I think the second first title. One's all, the first, first one's always tough, always tough, stuff like that. But they beat Oklahoma City. It wasn't really Oklahoma City was you know they those three players are some of the best players in the world now, but they weren't assembled. They didn't. They weren't co- They weren't cohesive. They killed them. So I would say the second one, third against the Spurs. And then the fourth one uh, is the first one he he won, and maybe and I mean he'll never admit this I don't think, but maybe at the end of his career he'll go and rank them I think but I mean I think the way we ranked him I think that's how you you got to rank them, and then uh, from what I'm kind of you know it's now the off season the off season is always interesting for NBA MLB NFL you know players go and so you know. Off-season is cool because, you know, there's drama and there's gossip and there's he said, she said bullshit. Anthony Davis will come back to the Lakers, but how will the Lakers structure their team next year? I I just think it's going to be interesting to see how they kind of build this team up again because LeBron's only got a window. And then my last point was what he said last night, you know, I got a, I got a daughter who's in kindergarten. I got my middle child – and then I got a guy high. Then I got Bronny, who's a sophomore in high school. Sophomore in high school. This guy is trying to play with his son. And imagine if if he won a championship with his son, that would be pretty cool. Yeah, it would be an amazing story. So, the first thing, as far as like, I want to actually, I want to start first with uh, rating his championships, like you did. I think I have the order the exact same as you do. I know that he loves that first championship because it was getting over the hump, but just the dynamics of that. And like, you need to get a little lucky to win an NBA championship because what should have happened to be honest with you is those rings in Cleveland should have been flipped. Like I get the delivering on his promise and that was big and the whole second year thing, but it's not even so much like about it being a second year, I think. Cause that first year in Cleveland, he got unlucky. Um, so the first year in Miami, he goes he joins Miami and they and they instantly they're the big three, they're the villains of the NBA, everything like that, and he just gets tight. But what happened in that first um, in that first finals run against Dallas was what happened with uh, what happened with Anthony Davis. LeBron LeBron couldn't get it over the hump. He needed to join forces with somebody and he joined forces with Dwayne Wade. And Dwayne Wade taught him how to be a winner and the Miami Heat organization 
taught him what it took to win championships. He learned a lot from like Pat Riley and all of that. And I think AD couldn't get over the hump in the market that he was in, a small town market just like Cleveland is. And he needed to go join forces with someone and learn to win and get over that hump. So LeBron, AD is who LeBron was when he joined D. Wade. Granted, though, LeBron was better than D. Wade and LeBron's still better than AD. But uh, I'll get to that later because I think what's going to happen is going to be a change of the guard. But so then he goes back to Cleveland and people say he couldn't get anybody to play with him in Cleveland. But he got they traded for Kevin Love. He got Kyrie Irving. The first finals in 2015, um, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love are both hurt. And I think they were up, they were still up something like two to one. LeBron put in just an amazing series. He played ridiculous. And the second best player on his team was Matthew Dellavedova. That's incredible. And like he put up such a good fight. But how are you going to overcome that? I think if those guys stay healthy, I mean, they're winning that series in probably six games. Then the next year, they're playing the best regular season of all time. Um, the 72 and 10 uh, Golden State Warriors, and they come back from 3-1 down in the finals. An amazing effort, and should they have probably come back down 3-1? Probably not. I think that probably should have gone to the Golden State Warriors, but it happened the way it happened, and uh, the rest is history. But then that next year, Kevin Durant joins them. They have a depleted squad, and obviously asking – you know, trying to beat Kevin Durant on top of the, you know, joining the best team, probably one of the best teams ever is just, it's a, it's just too stacked. It's too hard. Um, but then with the Lakers last year was his first year where he's ever had an injury. So that's why they didn't make the playoffs because LeBron was hurt for the first time in his now 18 year career. Um, so that's, that's what happened, but I don't think that they were going to win that ring, but they would have for sure made the playoffs at least, but he needed, the pieces in place and then Rob Palenka delivered and got him Anthony Davis and the people that he needed in order to win a championship and then this thing with the Lakers was just so great because if he didn't go to the Lakers he his legacy was set I think that like I really do think that like uh, MJ's a goat and I don't know if there's anything LeBron can do but his about that but that doesn't really matter his legacy was set he had nothing more to prove people are like all right you're the best player dude but now you join the Lakers and like, all right, if you don't win a championship for the Lakers, you're fucked, dude, because every big-time yeah. player has always won a ring when they go to that team. So that was monumental pressure, again, that he put on himself. Also, everyone said LeBron has a cakewalk in the East. He can't do it in the Western Conference. He goes and he wins in the Western Conference now, too. So it's just like you can't deny, you can't deny this, uh, this dude's greatness. And that stuff in the final. So this getting back to my last point, and then you can chime in here of AD. What I think is like the Lakers historically always have like two good players on the team at once, two, uh, you know, stars, like monumental franchise guys. And I see it as this Kareem and Magic, the first championship, uh, the first couple championships that they won. Kareem's a guy. It's his team. He's the best player in the NBA. And then, boom, after that, we hand, uh, you know, passing the torch. And then it's like, all right, Magic's the guy now. And that's what's going to happen, I think. I think that LeBron James is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar right now. He might, if they repeat, maybe next year he's still the best player and wins finals MVP and stuff like that. But then after that, with his age get, catching up to him and everything like that, um, 
he wants to give this uh, to AD. He wants AD to be the leader of the team. AD's like 27, 28 years old, so he's going to be the franchise piece for the Lakers for the next seven, eight years to come. So maybe after that, maybe LeBron wins one more ring, puts him at five or something like that if they win. Even though he owns, owes them nothing, he just that one championship is now good enough. He fulfilled everything he needed to for Laker Nation. But after that, I think LeBron doesn't mind taking a backseat and being the second best player on the team versus the first. And I think AD becomes the guy and uh, LeBron starts writing him a little bit, whether it's next year or the year after. But LeBron could end up having another two or three rings, you know? And I think that just carries him forward. See, I'm, I agree with your thinking, but is AD going to sign a three-year contract? He's going to sign a four-year contract? Is he going to go to No, Chicago he's not. He's that? not, but it you doesn't matter. Do you think he's going to be a lifetime Laker? I don't know if he'll be a lifetime Laker, maybe if he falls in love with a brand, but I think players now want to play for different teams. It's something exciting to them about doing that. However, I think that there's something very, very cool about being the Laker dude. Like, Shaq was the Laker guy. Then it became Kobe. Before Shaq, you know what I mean? It was uh, it was Kareem, or it was Magic. Before Magic, again, it was Kareem. Before him, it was and it was Wilt. It was uh, the logo, Jerry West. So, like... There's something very cool about being that anchor, but maybe he wants to leave. However, even if he stays the whole time, he'll never sign a four-year deal because his agent is Rich Paul. He's going to do the same thing LeBron kept on doing in Cleveland, the one or two with the third or second year opt-out because um, that's just the way Rich Paul does it. It's players first. It's now a players league. It's not an organizational league. And you know what I thought would be cool? I would love to see a coach do something like that. Imagine if Frank Vogel, let's say the Nets didn't have a head coach yet. Imagine if Frank Vogel won a ring and then said, all right, I'm going to go be the head coach of the Nets. I accomplished what I needed to here. Like, uh, you know, like a player that. leaving that, leaving their team. I think that would be the next tough, craziest though. thing that could happen. But that's tough, though. You got it switching teams, switching personnel. That's tough. Um, but I don't know. What, I, I really don't know what's going to happen with, with AD, I don't know if he'll be there for more than four years. Rich Paul, you know who won the finals MVP last night? Rich Paul. Rich Paul. Rich Paul. Yeah, he did. Rich Paul won the – what that guy's done and what LeBron's inner circle has have done has been very, very impressive. Um, I don't know – I mean, AD and LeBron are going to be together in four years. But, hey, what if Bronny isn't this superstar and he gets um, selected – 32nd in the first round of the NBA draft. You know? Bronny doesn't win, need be? to win. It would be amazing, but Bronny doesn't even need be, to win a chip with LeBron. The Lakers. Do you think? He could, of course. Think, do you think Jeannie Buss would not take, I mean, Palenka would not take um, Bronny at 32? They would, wouldn't they? Of course they would. Anyone they that LeBron, any team that LeBron joins, they will draft. Uh, they will draft Bronny. A hundred percent, they're going to because if he's good enough to be in the NBA, he's gonna play with his dad if his dad's still playing. Just because, and they don't need to win a ring or anything like that. But especially the Lakers now, because Jeannie Buss owes LeBron James everything. If it wasn't for LeBron James, there would be no ring. There would be no AD. The Lakers would still be what they were when Jim Buss was running it. So, you know, if you win me a fucking championship, dude. I'm sorry, like, I, I just have to. You know, how are you going to say no? You have to. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what are – let's talk a little bit about the game really fast too. Um, just the game itself. I mean, game five, I want to just touch on it. 
that was the right basketball play. LeBron was being doubled. I think uh, Danny Green f***ed up. He's, he's so, so, so bad. Talking about the roster changes and the structural thing that you brought up. Danny Green can't be on that team next year. He's getting paid $14 million. And uh, homeboy KCP, who balled the f*** out in the playoffs, honestly, you got to give him his credit, is only making $8 million. you got to tell Lakers fans s- to shut up about KCP. He did not KCP's do that well last year. He was on house arrest last year, too. He couldn't travel to the away games on the... How dope is that, though? He was playing That's with an ankle bracelet? That's got to be the dopest thing ever. That's sick, but KCP stepped up. And, hey, you know, it's not all about LeBron and AD. It's about, hey, the role players stepped it up. Takes role, it takes KCP. role placers. Always. Yeah. It always takes... And, like, LeBron's always had good role players, but, like, he has similar ones. He's always got his shooters, and he's got his, like, Energizer Bunny, like, uh, crackheads like Caruso and Della Vadova. Um, it, was, it was a beautiful team effort last night. Game five would have been LeBron just fucking... I mean, just flexing his cock just everywhere, and it would have been all LeBron. But game six was definitely a... It was definitely, like, a nice team win because they set the tone from the first... From the first point, like quarter, they just came out with energy and they looked like they wanted it more than the Heat. The games that the Heat won were the ones where the Heat came out with more energy and looked like they wanted it more. But last night, the Heat finally just, they, you know, they kind of ran out of gas. It caught up to them and the Lakers uh, showed that they were the best team um, with those guys. It doesn't matter now that Danny Green missed that shot. But I don't think Danny Green is on the roster. I don't think he should be. They can upgrade, I think. Dwight maybe is gone, but he could stay. Maybe Javel is gone and Dwight stays on like a five-year or on like a two-year, $5 million contract because, I mean, that guy played on a non-guaranteed deal. That's pretty amazing. Um, and I was so happy for him seeing him win that ring. I was so happy. What's crazy, too, is just like all the players that hadn't won rings, like a guy like Dwight Howard, he's a Hall of Famer before this, but now he's saved himself from being Charles Barkley pretty much because that guy led a team to the NBA Finals. Uh, four four time defensive player of the year, a bunch of all NBA first teams. Like, so to see a guy like that finally get his chip is just a notch on the resume. I thought it was kind of cool. Like Rondo, dude. Like, um, the last time the Lakers won an NBA championship was beating the Celtics in Game Seven. And uh, who was on that team? Rajon Rondo was on that team. It's kind of cool that he he won a ring for both these franchises and got he got the Celtics to ring number 17 and he got the Lakers to ring sev- number 17. And then of the celebrations, my favorite part was seeing J.R. Smith take his shirt off maybe .2 seconds after the buzzer. That yeah. was iconic. No. Hey, J.R. Smith won a ring. He didn't do that much... Uh uh, this year, but when you talk, he about earned that first players, ring. Though he fucking he earned did, that first ring. When you talk about role players, to me, um, you look at LeBron's always had solid role players, but they haven't gotten enough credit ever, ever. Look at the first championship. He had uh, Mike Miller who went off, and when they won that uh, title, Mike Miller, Shane Battier, Mario Chalmers, Miller, yeah, Ray yeah. Allen. They they had a squad. Um, Norris Cole. Um, but there's always they, guys that have big, big games. Um, Battier had a big game. Mike Miller had a big game. Ray Allen had a big game in Cleveland. Um, I don't remember who who was it in Cleveland that stepped up big time. There, there was because there was different was J.R. Smith. teams. J.R. Was Smith, J.R. Like Smith number 15, one. Yeah, twelve or fifteen points in Game Seven, and then this year was KCP. So there's always those one those guys that average you know that shoot uh, from three and have. 
15 plus points. And that's what you need. You need a guy just to step up in one or two games. So in let's every game the stars have to step up, but in a series, you don't need all the role players to play well. You just need one or two to play well in a game. So like J.R. Smith, when he was in Cleveland, won plenty of playoff uh, games for them by just like going blackout and just making so many threes. Um, so he just, it's just that. Like, they don't need Danny Green, J.R. Smith, uh, and Caruso all to go off in the same cage. It's just one of them. So it's just little things there. Uh, in, in Cleveland, though, you had different groups. You had, so Mozgov was a huge piece. J.R. was a huge piece. Uh, Shumpert was a huge piece. Della was a huge piece. Then you had different guys, uh, like, later on, I think the second champ, or the second runs or whatever, Kyle Korver. Um, so there was just a lot of, there was a lot of good role players uh, that he's had. Yeah, no, um, and I think, you know, looking into next, looking next year, he's got to have some more athletic wings. Kuzma, Kyle Kuzma. Kuzma sucks, but he's going to be do, on the team. Didn't do that much, you know, but I think he's... He played good in the last three year. games, I actually think. I actually think he played well yeah, in the last three games, defensively. They want him more as a scorer, scorer, and he didn't do that much this year. Uh, I do think he'll be an interesting piece about what happens next year. I think they need He to could get traded for guys. someone like Buddy yeah. Yield or something. Yeah, yeah. So um, I think they add a little bit more younger younger wings. Um, but, uh, you know, KCP, he shot the lights out of that thing. And he's a good defender. He's an underrated defender. He's a J.R. Smith type of guy. And LeBron likes those guys that can knock down threes. Caruso, Caruso had to play himself into one of LeBron's favorite teammates. He, he was Matthew Deladova 2.0, just with a different name and balding. Um, so we've got to give Caruso a ton of credit. MVP and of Game Six, Rajon Rondo. Rajon yeah, Rondo. Rondo. Holy fuck, man! To uh, to get to get Rondo rolling like Forget, that. Forget, yeah. Now, I didn't think he would play that much of his of a role when he broke his hand. I was like, oh, Rondo, Bro. he doesn't play any defense. But man, he played so well. Rondo is so unbelievable. His quickness was just amazing me. He was so fucking fast. Like, as people say playoff Rondo, which is a real thing, they need to start saying finals Rondo because in the finals he was another monster. That guy, after LeBron James and Anthony Davis, he was the next most important piece on the team by far. He's another coach. He was in coaches' meetings the entire playoffs. He's going to be an NBA coach or GM one day, guaranteed, because he has a basketball mind that matches LeBron James. They have the best. LeBron James, Rondo, and Chris Paul, have the best basketball IQs in the entire league and just the way he was scoring the way he was going for rebounds just he did it all I mean I'm I'm just we're so lucky to have that guy on the team and uh, he's another dude that like like Dwight the last couple stints in uh, on NBA teams wasn't going well but he just showed you know what I belong to be here and he changed the narrative again it's not that he's he's like a dude like Jimmy Butler like when he kind of got kicked out of Dallas with with like Rick Carlisle it was like more so the dude was just like all right like I'm not I don't have a bad reputation you guys just don't want to win like and it was the same thing that Jimmy Butler did but also just credit to the Miami Heat for getting to that point I think that they were amazing and they're gonna add a couple pieces I think Giannis will eventually go there I swear to God or the Warriors but they their future looks very very bright they just you know they didn't have enough against this um, against this juggernaut no, no they didn't but speaking about greatness um, transitioning into tennis I guess we're on a tennis media company and we're talking about a lot of basketball but Crack Rackets does have some exciting things to announce uh, in the near future but I think 
um, in terms of the French Open, Rafa and Djokovic, I think uh, you know Nadal kind of got counted out a little bit, and you know Djokovic, Djokovic is a steady, steady guy, and um, you know with the like LeBron, jo- uh, Nadal fueled was fueled on that talk, and that hey, can Nadal win with these conditions, slower ball? Yeah, he can win, but he can dominate you, winning six zero, six two, seven five. I didn't watch much of the match. I haven't seen much of the highlights, but. You know, when you win six zero, six two, seven five, and your opponent comes out and says, "Hey, he pretty much played perfect today," you don't really need to watch the highlights. Uh, you know, Nadal was probably just smacking those cross court forehands, and and Djokovic couldn't couldn't handle the deep backhands. And you know, Rafa was just saying, "Hey, give me thirteen right now, and I'm gonna go home and uh, tie Federer right now, Grand Slams." I think LeBron James and Nadal have very have many similarities. Um, they're just brutes. They're like, and in a good way, where they're just workhorses. They're beasts. They're they have more physicality than other people. And uh, the only difference between LeBron and the only difference between LeBron and Nadal is that Nadal played while the next while the goat was playing. Le- LeBron played in the same era as Roger Federer. And now he's tied him, and they're probably. I mean, they're the same. It's just. Just appreciate that greatness. Why even get into that debate? But LeBron, if it's like if LeBron played with Michael Jordan at the same time, and they both ended their careers with six rings or something, that's pretty much what happened with Nadal. I think people were counting him out, and even Goran Ivanovic uh, was talking. Shit, who's uh, I don't even know if he's still with Novak right now, but he is with, I'm he pretty is. sure he, he is. is. He was saying that under these conditions with these balls, there's no way Nadal is going to be able to beat Novak, and there's a lot of naysayers and everything like that, but. And Nadal doesn't even have a winning record against Djokovic, even though he's won a lot, like probably 26, 27 matches against him. But just to see him do that and do it in such dominant fashion was just, it was beautiful to watch. I, um, I went out on Saturday night, so I woke up at like 10 a.m. And by the time I woke up, the shit was over. But I then rewatched the... Uh, honestly the whole match uh just because i wanted to watch it and it was it was pretty remarkable to see the level that he played i mean he played lights out and just credit to him what's weird to me about nadal though is just like i mean third seven grand slams out of um out of 20 have come not at the french open and i don't feel like that's much like i do think that fed maybe you could see the argument that he's won more grand slams at uh, at more places, you know what I mean? Where it wasn't like he dominated the f- at Wimbledon, but I think he has a couple more spread out. However, Nadal does have the Master Series uh, record tied with Djokovic, so it's it's going to be a tough thing to to debate. But just the fact that he just went crazy against Djokovic like that and put up such a performance with the conditions stacked against him, because the balls don't favor him, they did favor Djokovic. Just sort of testament to how how amazing this guy really is. Yeah, I mean, and the longevity. Yeah, my um, I gotta find it. I'm looking up on Twitter right now. My dad made a good point today, talking about the minus minus the um, minus the French Open. So here, I'm looking at Twitter right now. Seretti, this is his this is his his uh, tweet. I judge Roger Federer, Rafa Nadal, and, J- and Novak Djokovic, goatness minus their dominant slam, Federer minus Wimbledon, Nadal minus Roland Garros, Djokovic minus Australian Open, would leave Federer with twelve, Djokovic with eight, Nadal with seven, 
ATP four ATP Finals Championship. Federer six, Djokovic five, Nadal zero. Goat question mark. Thought that was I've never I'm, I didn't really think about that until my dad tweeted that out uh, about at nine thirty this morning. Um, but that's an interesting point. Um, I don't think many people look at it like that. But uh, but but look at from Nadal. He's won thirteen on red clay in Paris. So you gotta you gotta give gotta give him credit there. And- yeah. No, I mean at the end of the day, all these guys are really really great. So it's just we're lucky as fans to be able to watch it happen. That's that's all I gotta say to that. But I gotta definitely was rooting for greatness. Nadal. Got to respect greatness. I was rooting for Nadal, and I'm very happy he won. And I'm surprised he won in such dominant fashion, but, dude, that's pretty amazing. So, Yeah, no, I, I think um, we take success for granted and greatness definitely for granted. And we got to respect what LeBron's doing right now, what Rafa's doing, what Djokovic is doing, what Federer did. And if Federer decides to win, not decide, but if he could, uh, you know, get one more under his belt. But um, it could be interesting to see the GOAT debate in tennis. But, hey, you know, this isn't basketball. The GOAT debate is the top three players right now are playing in this era, and that's really cool to see in tennis. And, you know, as much as we've kind of talked about the next-gen generation and them coming up, let's try, to, let's try to embrace this era and, you know, enjoy this as much as we can until those guys decide to hang up, hang them up. Um, but uh, what a, you know, it was so different seeing just some of the – I mean, I watched the – two or three games and seeing the level of pe- level of play and this this title I mean in the French compared to the US Open was a huge huge drastic difference yeah I definitely think it's like we're, we're watching witnessing some of the best tennis of all time and tennis is going to be easier uh, to compare because it's not a team sport and also since the 90s you know the technology has been semi-similar you know so I think that's that's something that is uh, a little bit easier to compare for those debates, but it's stuff we'll get into uh, for sure as we uh, as we continue with our podcast and everything. Um, just before we head out here, tell the viewers uh, what we got to look forward to uh, sports wise the next uh, couple weeks. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what we can talk about. You know, no basketball or no more basketball, no more LeBron. Uh, baseball really. It's going out the window, so there'll be more NFL, and there's a little bit of tennis going on, and um, you know, I guess we're gonna have to start touching on college, college football, and just you know, just talking and debating about random storylines, like exactly like what we've been doing the past eight episodes. But we want to thank the listeners again for you know tuning in and sharing their support. The double, the double nothing podcast, partnered with Cracked Rackets and sponsored by DraftKings. It's been so much fun and. Uh, hopefully we got some more exciting guests to come in the future and more uh, content to to reach out to you guys. To follow us on Instagram right now, we have a, the Double or Nothing podcast. It's double or nothing underscored podcast, I believe. Um, but you can just – you'll be able to search it on um, Instagram. It should, should pop up if you type in double or nothing. Uh, but, you know, give us a follow there and we're uh, – going to be creating more social media accounts and hopefully a little more interactive on there. But thank you guys for tuning in to another episode, Double or Nothing episode. 
And uh, we look forward to hearing from you guys this week on your thoughts about LeBron, Nadal, and all that. So um, we'll see you again next week with some exciting content to come, and uh, we'll look to touch on more storylines. So thank you guys. Yeah, very excited to talk some football and shift our focus on that. Um, And also with the way we do this podcast and our style where we do touch on tennis because we're part of a tennis company. But as Clark mentioned, there are some big things uh, happening at Cracked Rackets that we will announce soon um, that me and myself and Clark are going to be a big big part of. So that's very, very exciting. And that uh, will give us an opportunity to uh, venture into some other topics like we've started doing, talking about uh, baseball, football, basketball, all of the above. So really excited to be able to do that in the future, hammer some uh, college football bets and uh, and some NFL. I think that's going to take center stage right now for us as well as uh, the MLB. We'll see what happens with the rest of the tennis season. Hopefully it doesn't die down too much, but I think these guys do deserve a break after the month or two that they've had with these Grand Slams back-to-back. Uh, and another, uh, another good episode. I'm happy to do it with my boy Clark. Shout out to DraftKings again, um, a great sponsor and one of the best places to, uh, places to bet. My friend actually uh, made some big money on DraftKings uh, on game five. He finished first out of thousands and thousands and thousands of people. So he made uh, a few hundred dollars. First place finisher for that, if there was no ties, would have been $15,000. So definitely want to check out DraftKings, even if you're on people's books or something like that. You got to. And uh, again, shout out to Cracked Rackets. A great place to uh, get your tennis content and news from. So uh, we look forward to uh, you guys tuning in with us next time. Deuces. See you guys.